Welcome back to Arc A Doom RPG here on Dungeons and Drama Nerds. After hearing a slew of rumors about odd goings on in the town of Startide Hollow, Gorm and her crew headed to Lowtown to search for the wettest, coolest kids to discover where a foul-mouthed talking turtle was. Once they discovered Glenn, the former champ who had been turned into a turtle, they headed to his last known location, Dockside Jeff's, where he had a drink with a mysterious stranger. Jeff, a drag queen with kind of like Ursula features, went through her book while Silt ran the bar. While in the back, she discovered that it was none other than Kuspan, the city's advisor, who had a drink with Glenn last week. As the doom clock ticked down from ten to eight, Silt had a vision of a creature of ancient power emerging from the Breakmouth River that runs along Startide Hollow, and laying waste to the city that shook them to their core. So, with that last time sort of situation there, let's do everyone's names, their characters' names, and their pronouns, starting off with Dex. Hello, I'm Dex Fan. I play Lemon Sprinkle, a padfoot in our lovely little town of Falia. There we go, got it. Oh, Start uh, Hollow. Star- oh, what the? Falia's like the country. The land. The land. That's the land. The land. The yes, yes, yep. Correct, correct, correct. So sorry. I'm just uh, throwing <laughs> nouns at all of you. Is that cool? <laughs> Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> perfect. Uh, Lemon is a padfoot, which is a mouse folk in our world, and they go by he, they pronouns. Excellent. Silt. Hello again, everyone. My name is Giovanni Camagno, he, they, and I am playing Silt, who is sort of a uh, golem of Earth uh, who uses they pronouns. Excellent. Denise Anthony. Hi, I'm Anthony, and I am playing Denise Baloolu, um, who is a hook swallower, fish man, swim coach, here in Startide Hollow. Uh, love that water. Interesting that there's something in it. Hmm. Uh, Nick. Hello, I'm Nick Orvis, he, him, and I play Twily, a wingback, bird-winged person here in Startide Hollow who uses he and they pronouns. Excellent. And Romana. Hi, everybody. My name's Romana, and I go by she-they pronouns, but today I will be playing Gormla, also known as Gorm, and the pronouns for Gorm are no pronouns and all pronouns, because at the end of the day, Gorm is just Gorm. Excellent. Uh, And now we're going to get that doom clock ticking. Oh, no. So we have an hour on the clock, folks. Um, So... Silt, you just had this vision of horror. There was kind of a shaking um, that happened in Dockside Jeff's. You all have Glenn in his turtle form with you. What would you like to do? I think Silt might say something like, It is coming. We must stop it. Can you use proper nouns instead of pronouns, please? (laughs) Uh... Silt is kind of at a loss, not knowing how to describe, but I think they describe as well as they can what they saw coming out of the water, that it is coming soon, It will, and it will lay waste. I'm quite concerned by these wet events. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> it sounds kind of bad. And Silt, you're an ethnographer, right? 
Yes. Like a studier of people. Could mm-hmm. you give me like some sort of role about mm-hmm. your knowledge of you know the the peoples here that you've studied and like if there's anything that maybe comes to mind when you imagine that like awful thing that came out of the water sure um okay so i have two for culture which seems apropos yeah and then can i use careful sure sure trying to like oh i had the idea uh in between times i'll I'll talk really fast because i know we're on the clock um about uh stones like the my body being made of stones right and Mm -hmm. silt as they've been studying different groups of people has like etched into the stones the information so they are like their own library of information so silt will carefully go through all of the stones in their body to try and figure that out so i love that um thank Mm -hmm. you so My careful is two, culture is two, so it seems my TN is four. Yeah. We are rolling and get a four. A four. So um, when you match the threshold number, you can either take a success at a cost or um, you can take a failure with... um, Is it opportunity? An opportunity, yeah. Um, I love uh, success at a cost. Success at a cost. The cost that I want to give you mm-hmm. immediately is that, like, another tick of the clock, like, a moment oh. goes by oh. as, as a possible cost. So, like, oh. I want you to weigh that. Uh, um, I did not anticipate or... it. Because <laughs> I feel like that's the thing oh, that is no. most costly for you in this moment. Mm. Or... We're also stressed by the clock. And I also imagine it takes some time to, like, carefully go through all of those stones. Mm that like a moment of time will pass as you do this, but you can find the information. Right. Or the other cost I would give you is that Kuspan has eyes here in this Mm. bar and Kuspan will be alerted that you're all suspicious. Those are both terrible costs. (laughs) Um, Just because I'm already so anxious about the time, I'm going to say Kuspan as the spies if I get to choose. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. So Kuspan will be made aware that you know. Is there anything we can do to be aware that he is aware? Or are we unaware that he is aware? I think you are unaware that he is aware. So Silt, as you're as you're sifting through these different passages, these different etchings that you've made on different stones of your body, you recall a tale of some ancient deity or other whose name if you if you transcribed this properly seems to be something like yolk edige some sort of destroyer who will rise from their slumber when the cerulean star is consecrated in the salt water depths I know that this is a great undertaking to consummate with a giant salt deity, but um, Gorm is putting themselves uh, in line uh, for consummation. Um, This is distressing, especially in front of my lover. But I must protect this territory and also prove to my mom that I am not, in fact, 
basic. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and Silt, just so you know, um, the word was consecrate, <laughs> not consummate. So that's a thing that you know about what Gorm just said to you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, consecrate. <laughs> I think Silt says very few words. And so I think he just, they try to emphasize that word. Gorm's committed now. No stopping Gorm. <laughs> Gorm quietly uh, takes a moment to uh, embrace her own mistake and uh, says, I hope you are all understanding of my commitment. Mm. <laughs> Excellent. No, that, that's very clear. Cool, cool, cool. Is there anything else that you would like to know, Silt? Oh, um, wh- what do I know in terms of, uh, I, I guess, like, what rituals these folks do, like, what things they might need for rituals so that we might know where we could find them, or, like, if there are specific locations that they tend to operate in? Yeah, so the thing that definitely comes to mind for you is the Star of Cerulean, as you're mulling this over with the group, does anyone else want to try to do a role for some of that information? Whether that's like this Yoke Edige, um, the Sarves Rulian. Yes, Gorm would very much like to. I have a two to creative, mm-hmm. and I have one to academic and two to culture. So. My question for the group is, do we want like an academic historical angle or do we want like a kind of folk conversational rumor understanding? And if we go with culture, I'm more likely to succeed. (laughs) I do feel like leaning, yeah, leaning towards folk makes sense. I don't think... I think that's where the depth of this knowledge is going to be rather than in some books mm. yes. or stone etchings. Mm. Okay. <laughs> um, in that case, the creative way that Gorm is going to try and approach this is um, Gorm has uh, this, this quite bland exterior which uh, allows them to kind of blend in to spaces when they're being actually quite obvious and conspicuous. So like the energy of like standing in the middle of a circle of people who are talking about something that they all know and Gorm's just kind of standing there. Mm -hmm. So the creative approach that I'm trying to go with is that Gorm has overheard a lot, like, I I, I guess my question, I guess mm, this might not actually be the most creative thing. I think Gorm is going to try and hide uh, under tables or uh, stand next to people and see if she can overhear some sort of conversation about this. Like in this bar? Yeah, or or no, 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 no. I regret this decision. I'm trying to figure out a way to get this information creatively. Um, <laughs> um, 
it, it, a creative you're, you're trying, culture approach. It, it's creative and cultural. Creative and cultural, or I could do, or I could do concerted and cultural, but that would be mm. a three instead of a four. And if mm. I'm thinking concerted and cultural, then my instinct would be that Gorm would go up to random people in the bar and just start asking questions. I wonder. I wonder if creative and culture is is like recalling stories or things that are like adjacent or that sound similar or might might be like the same thing but under a different name. You know what I mean? Like how like like how a lot of cultures share similar myths um mm-hmm. of like, you know, Dionysus has certain similarities with I think it's Mithra and certain similarities with Jesus and like all these things kind of like maybe that like going wide rather than deep. Mm-hmm. Does that seem just going wide? Yeah, um, yeah. Was I? Yeah, was I in like a? Was I in a? You know how in like really rich schools they'll have mm-hmm. like the weirdest drama teacher. Like, did mm-hmm. Gorm? Did Gorm have like a very weird drama teacher that like was very into like this weird niche folk thing? That might be a creative. Culture. Yeah, could be. I think that there could definitely be, you know, uh, an aspect of a childhood play. Uh, <laughs> okay, that, so that Gorm is uh, reflecting on and remembering. I think, I think once Gorm hears the name Cerulean Star, I mm-hmm. think Gorm has like a short flashback of being the only tree on stage for the school play <laughs> and uh, also memorizing all of the lines from this play about the Cerule- the star of Cerulean or the Cerulean mm-hmm. star. Um, so yeah, yeah. I think I think there's a flashback to uh, bright spotlights and a frozen tree position. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, can you give me a roll? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got a two? And your TN was three? Four. Four. Excellent. Wonderful. <laughs> as, you're, as you're flashing back to the time you were playing a tree um, during this play about that your teacher was like really into, that was about the, the Star of Cerulean um, and the Yoke Edige that would like come out of the river and maybe lay waste to everything. As you're sitting there, like going over the lines again and again and again, you think to yourself about how at the martial arts tournament, the like championship belt uh, for the Seaward Star is actually a like star shaped gem that has this blue hue to it. Um, and you, as the tree, thinking about this, think about the fact that like, there's this really cool gem in your local culture, and like, there seems to be this gem in this like ancient culture, and this shows like how great of a hero one could be, and in doing so, we like keep it out of the water. We like pass it from like great hero to great hero, and we keep it away from the bay. Uh, who holds on to the championship belt? So, 
Glenn normally would have it, but in the lead up to the martial arts tournament, there's this like surrendering process um, and it's given over to the city to get ready for the next person who is going to like win the championship. And everyone assumed it would be Glenn, but after Glenn got turned into a turtle, it seems unlikely he's going to win. Yeah, now it's an open field. Twily, your priorities cannot be winning when you're trying to face off against a turtle. Especially a turtle who is my lover. No, no, I want Glenn returned to his normal form. Like, what? what's the point of winning a tournament when the best fighter isn't in it? Anyway, that, that's, that's probably not the point right now. What, what are we going to do? Do we want to go confront Kuspan? Hmm... I'm wondering if this gem might be our trump card. But we would need to find it first. Is is Glenn still with us? Mm-hmm. Yep, the, the foul-mouthing turtle is still being held, I think, by Twiley. I think I was holding him last. Mm. Yeah, and Gorm, have, you have come out of your blobfish form. Yes. Because you mean, sang I've a lovely been... shanty. Yeah, I'm slowly recomposing. Um, I think, like, (laughs) I think it's kind of, like, one of the grosser parts of, like, the Animorphs (laughs) transition. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Like, I think, I think I'm probably, like, corporeal, but I'm also see-through. And also, I think, I think, like, I'm just kind of, and, and I just, I think my, my face is just kind of sinking a little bit and it's like trying mm. to reanimate upwards but it's just kind of like mm. melding and sinking yeah yeah but yeah i think that's i think it's it's mid recomposition excellent glenn who did who did you surrender the the championship belt to Twiley will again hold hold glenn out like directly in front of his face so they can talk <laughs> to each oh, other oh god can i remember this man's voice um <laughs> He swears. It was was very, he a sailor? Like, he was grumpy, grumpy, sweary boy. Yeah, yeah. He kind he kind of <laughs> talked like this. He was like a little Brooklyn, maybe. I felt like I just kept doing Ben doing Lane for all of the voices last time. <laughs> <laughs> it's just very trying possible. to be Lane Walter on accident. I was just like, "What does this person sound like?" Lane Walter. Lane Walter uh, is a star actor. <laughs> Oh no! Okay, channel character actress Marco Martindale. Well, every year you gotta fucking you gotta give it to the guy over at City Hall. He's got he's got a little box that he puts it in. It's very nice, and you fucking you just you give it away. And so, you know, now that I think of it. I think that mysterious stranger that we think was Kuspan was a little upset that I didn't have it on me last week when they gave me that drink that, uh... And the turtle looks left and right and then down at its shell. Well, you know the rest of the story from there, I guess. (laughs) Twiley nods and tucks Glenn under his arm again and looks at the others and says, So, it seems like we have two options. We can... Uh, confront Kuspan, or we can try to get the championship belt to see if it will, you know, if, if it will help with whatever Silt's uh, vision means. I am on team belt. 
I think I am too. That seems more important. Team belt. If Kuspan wants that belt, I want that belt. You know what I'm saying? I think it would look really cute with my current outfit. I know I'm not going to like win the martial arts tournament, but maybe I could just like have it for decoration for a while. You need to believe in yourself, Lemon Sprinkle. <sighs> You're right. I could probably take on Twily. And Silt nods and agrees. Excellent. Um, so I guess we're going to head to the hillside district. Um, as we're heading out of Lowtown, um, Giovanni, as Silt, um, what would you say is like your favorite establishment in Lowtown? Oh, um, maybe like a spa somewhere Ooh. that uh, Silt can soak and experience the different elements, I guess, maybe. The heat in a sauna, the coolness of like a, a little dip, but not to, <laughs> right? What does it take to exfoliate? So that's a great question. Um, not too deep because they're still learning how to swim from Denny's, but um, mm-hmm. a little dip, a little dip is, is welcome. Yeah. Um, do you have a name for this spa? Mm. I do not. Any ideas? Mm. What would be a fun name for a spa in like the seedy part of town? Um, Star Tide Soak. The Star Tide Soak. So as you're heading on your way out of Lowtown towards the Hillside District, still you notice that the Star Tide Soak has a for rent sign up. And it seems to be closed like maybe forever, which is a little bit of a bummer because you have been dipping your toes in there. But the city really has been changing fast these past few weeks, especially here in Lowtown. You just feel like everything's turning over. Something about interest rates, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I think Silt would stop and turn towards it and maybe put their their hands on the the wall. And um, yeah, just have to take a moment of of mourning. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they would say anything. yeah. Uh, Gorm watches Silt uh, place his, place her hands on uh, the sauna and just uh, leans over towards Lemon Sprinkle and goes, "Is is he consummating? <laughs> is this the consummating? Because I I said I could do it." <laughs> oh my gosh, Gorm! We can't just say that while he's doing the business. Turn away! Turn away! Gorm does not turn away. (laughs) (laughs) I think Silt maybe just says, like, what happened, why, uh, and and at the for rent sign, just to show, Mm -hmm. communicate a little bit. And then I assume y'all are going to head up to Hillside, yes? Mm -hmm. Yep. March right into City Hall, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Gorm knows the way to City Hall very easily. Mom is often there as the mayor. Gorm has spent many an afternoon watching, you know, proceedings take place um, at City Hall. Gorm particularly enjoys watching paint dry. So many hallways need fresh paint. This is true. Gorm. Well, Glenn told you, like, the person that you would have turned this over to. What should their name be? A city administrator in charge of artifacts and things is let's say a slicker one of the salamander folk and let's say their name is 
why is Jeff the first thing I go to? Um, their name is. It could be Jeff. It could be Jeff, but I it have could too always many be Jeff. Okay, well, there's Jeff the slicker. Uh, and so, as you wind your way through town hall, through the administrative district, on the third floor, you find your way to you know acquisitions and artifacts, and there's a little you know, door plaque that says Jeff and the door seems slightly ajar. Hmm. What would you like to do? Unless stopped, I think Twiley will uh, kind of like knock on the door peremptorily and that, but just like push it open and walk in. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a like, hello, we're here knock, not a can I come in knock. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so you give a little knock, knock, knock on the door um, and as you as the door swings open, um, you see a bunch of what's the word I'm looking for? Like one, there's just a bunch of like odds and ends and like glowy things um, that are sitting uh, on what would ostensibly be like a bookshelf, but there's kind of like uh, screens, like glass sliding doors uh, between you and these objects. Um, and they seem to be labeled with care. Um, you also see uh, there's a desk. Um, there doesn't seem to be anyone at the desk. You were expecting Jeff to be there, Gorm. Um, but there's no one there. There is a little name placard um, with, you know, Jeff's name and title there. Uh, and there's a lovely little area rug. There's some sconces giving off a soft light. Um and you do hear a little, like, scratching and scrabbling um, behind the desk. What would you like to do? Um, hello! Hi! <laughs> We're here to, like, ask you some questions about a belt. I don't know. You know? I... And you hear a small voice from behind the desk. Oh, no. I seem to be... Well, I seem to have fallen and I can't get up. And I, uh, if you could give me a little help back here, that would be much appreciated. Um, and there's a sort of, like, sadness uh, in the in the voice, a little whimper. Denny's can walk around and yeah. the other side of the desk. Yeah, on the other side of the desk, as you get closer, you see a little, like, broken glass um, on the desk. And there's, like, what seems to be maybe a vial of something. Um, and then near the desk on its back upside down there is a turtle kind of like trying to write itself (laughs) I I will happily scoop up uh, scoop up the turtle and and say to the turtle Jeff yes it's me who do I have the pleasure of speaking with Hi, it's uh, I'm I'm Dennis. I'm the local the the high school swim coach. What are, how did you, when did you? You this? know, it was really all over faster than I could think. One of Kuspan's secretaries came by with a little beverage for me, and I drank it. And uh, well, this happened. I don't really like it. This isn't... Is this normal? Do you have your tea and then turn into a turtle? Is turtle tea the new fad? Is this what the kids are up to? Well... 
I'm not one to necessarily, uh, I don't, I don't, uh, uh the kids, uh, <laughs> that might have been sounded, okay, never mind, take that, my comment about the kids, um, no kink shaming, yeah, um, no turtle, no turtle, no tur- all turtle, mm, okay, I'm, ca- I'm catching every single one of my words, T for T means turtle for turtle, <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Was Kuspan the only one here um, bringing you the tea? What were you... Where? Hi, we're here to ask some questions about this, the, the belt. <laughs> oh, the Seaward Star? The very yeah, we're one. Here to, yeah, we're here to thieve it. And before <laughs> someone else thieves it, I think. Well, it... Well, what do you need it for? To protect. Hello, Jeff. Uh, Gorm uh, goes up and uh, is quite at eye level with the turtle being held mm-hmm. in Denise's uh, hands. And Gorm mm-hmm. says, uh, Hello, Jeff. I know that there's been a lot of sensual chemistry between us for a long time, but I need you to put aside your affections for me. Uh, and disregard the completely inappropriate nature of a relationship between the child of the mayor and a municipal worker. But I need you to focus and inform me of who, who's, who, which secretary of a Kuzban's has come in and done this turtling. <laughs> Sorry, I'm losing it at turtling, um, which is a great verb. Uh, uh, Jeff um, uh, turns his his little turtle head to you, Gorm, and says, Oh, Lady Gormla, well, wouldn't you know it, Juniper, the lovely secretary of, of uh, uh, Kusban, she just walked in here with my tea set it down, and then poof, I'm a turtle on my back. I think she grabbed something on the way out. Do, does anything look amiss to you? Um, and looking around the room, you see that one of the glass sliding doors is open, and there seems to be a box that is missing from, let's say, the second shelf. What's in that uh, box there, Jeff? And I turn Jeff to see the mm-hmm. box. Oh, no. Oh, the Seaward no. Star will be ruined. That's that's where the belt is. Who's going to who's gonna give them the belt at the tournament tomorrow? Don't worry, Jeff. We'll get that belt back. Yeah, and also probably turn you back from being a turtle. I feel like that's probably what you're more concerned about, but don't worry, we're good at multitasking. I don't make promises I can't keep, but we'll certainly try. Oh, I do. All the time. (laughs) Oh, well, it was encouraging to hear I might not be a turtle forever, but I'm less encouraged now by your uh, padfoot friend over here. (laughs) Yeah, that's a that's the gist of what Jeff has for you. So it seems that Kusban being tipped off 
may have decided to accelerate his plans. Do we still uh, have Glenn with us? I'll you do. Asking. Great. I think we can start amassing uh, more turtles if they if they are willing and able. And then, uh, <laughs> are each of you just going to carry a turtle around? I think. I think you know that that would that would you know feel only only right. Yeah. Yeah. The turtles must be liberated. I think Gorm uh, whispers. Uh, to Silt. Ah, <coughs> uh, Silt. Um, I think you should hold uh, Glenn because I don't want any tension between uh, Glenn and and Jeff because I'm I'm with Glenn, but also I could be with Jeff. <laughs> and I think we have enough drama on our hands. <laughs> I think Silt doesn't like kind of looks between the turtles and shrugs and looks at like Twilies holding one and then he's just holding the other and shrugs. So if you want to give him one, he's ready. Give them one. They're ready. But if not, then they're like, okay. <laughs> And uh, Gorm takes that shrug as a nod and says, <laughs> you understand me. Uh, and then I want to go to Juniper's office. Mm-hmm. Juniper's office. Yes. Yeah, I'll throw Jeff in my, and I'll make a cozy little spot in my fanny pack for Jeff. Twiley will Aww. hand Glenn, Glenn to Silt, uh, if that's the best approach. <laughs> <laughs> sure, great. Excellent. So... Kuspan um, has an office in the basement of City Hall, and Juniper has like a desk just outside of the office, is kind of the general vibe. Um, And as you walk down the kind of, you know, it's chill, a little damp in the basement, um, as you walk down the hall, um, you see Juniper at her desk, um, kind of like filing different things and like... Uh, making some notations with her quill. And she is a padfoot. Um, and she is kind of, like, jacked for a padfoot. Like, as far as a padfoot can be... Ja- like, as much as a mouse person can be, like, lifting weights and have, like, traps, like, Juniper has traps, if that makes sense. <laughs> a ripped mouse. Yeah. Yeah, just a ripped mouse. Um, but she is at her uh, her desk, and she looks up um, as you approach. Um, is there anything you'd like to do before she takes notice of you? Or do you just, like, stroll on up? Um, yeah. I think that I... Uh, I think that Gorm definitely wants to use one of uh, their better skills, which is impose. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think... Um, that uh, Gorm is uh, gonna go straight up, like right behind Juniper, mm-hmm. and uh, whisper in uh, her ear, "Do you know who my mother is?" <laughs> in an attempt to uh, impose a mm-hmm. sense of um, insecurity and also a desire to do whatever I want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
And this is, uh, sorry, what's the approach that you're using? I'm doing concerted and impose. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Cool, cool, cool. Which means a three. A three. All right. Roll that die for me. (laughs) I love the wind up. (laughs) To the Google click. Two. Two. Nice. It's a two, Okay, so two is under the TN of three. Excellent. So you catch Juniper off guard. She's doing a lot of filing. And she, like, it's one of those almost comical, like, she just throws a bunch of papers into the air as she jumps a little bit. Um, and then, like, brings her mousy hands back to center and, like, kind of shuffles around to look at you, Gorm, and says, um, oh, oh, hi, Miss Gormla. How are, how are you doing today? Gorm gestures to the turtles and says, my boyfriends are turtles. <laughs> and her eyes go a little wide, and she, like, um, looks over her shoulder towards Kuspan's office um, and says, you know, right now is not the best time, um, unless, uh, sorry, what do, what do these turtle boyfriends, if they're boyfriends, what do these turtles have to do with uh, me? Oh, Juniper, we're here to stop your criming. <laughs> you can just... And you're you turtling. Just, yeah, drop the act, Junie. Per. <laughs> you see the like part of the alarm and the fear uh go out of juniper's eyes um as she kind of like pulls her shoulders back down uh, and tries to tower as much as you know a padfoot could um over gorm uh and before she gets another word out um uh, from behind the door uh, to Kuspan's office, you hear like a yelp and a crash and sounds that don't quite sound like Kuspan um, in this kind of a low moan as you're hearing something happen. What What's going on back there? Kuspan has a two o'clock. That must be his two o'clock. So uh, her eyes like dart around trying to assess the situation. Okay, I'm going to use a magic spell. Oh. I'm going to use Unmask the Self. Uh-huh. Target a creature you see. The guide tells you their true name and heart's deepest desire. Oh, shit. So I want to know what is actually, like, going on here. Mm. That's yeah. That's so hardcore. That is hardcore. <laughs> um, what do you have to do to Unmask the Self and... Do spells just happen outside of combat? I know how they work in combat. I don't quite know how they work outside of combat. Oh, have I thrown a loop? No, um, no, no. Just, I... just read your, <laughs> just read yeah, your description says, for me. Uh, it says, um, "Ritual: Write your name and heart's desire on a piece of paper and crumpled it as a player." Um, mm. And uh, there's like an enhanced version. But it doesn't say anything besides, like, target the creature. It has, like, two, uh, like, star crosses. I'm pretty sure they and just yeah. happen unless you're trying yeah. to do the enhanced version. If, mm-hmm. you, if you want to do the enhanced version, you have to make a roll of some kind, is my memory. Can you write your heart's desire on a piece of paper and crumple it up for us? With um, pleasure. 
And then, yes, I do think it just goes off, which is fun. And I wonder, like, what does this look like for Gorm as Gorm does this ritual? Like, what does Gorm do um, to unmask Juniper? I think that it's kind of like like a reverse Princess Fiona Shrek situation where, like, mm-hmm. Gorm kind of, like, glows a little bit and like tur- like all the worst parts of the blobfish like come at like all of the worst elements of a blobfish like come out of her body like she becomes gelatinous again and like her nose grows three times smaller and like she gets slimy but at the same time it feels very divine and glowy Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think the idea is that it's just like a strangely uncomfortable thing to look at where it's like like a Sailor Moon like, transformation but if she turned into like a blobfish. Yeah, it's like a Sailor Moon transformation but it's just all blob. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Sailor I Moon love but this. all blob. Yeah. And um I think I think it just like I think it's fundamentally uncomfortable. I think it's just like weird and gross. Yeah. That's how Gorm gets all the turtles. I think the or I think I think the 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 way that like the spell works is that like the aura of awkwardness and discomfort like just kind of like hums out of it to the point where like someone does what like you understand someone more than they understand themselves because they can't handle the awkwardness like it's an awkward off <laughs> and it's like it's just like this hum of awkward energy and it just makes someone so uncomfortable that you know them very very deeply <laughs> yeah so juniper's name is juniper but something intrinsically yeah. about juniper has changed recently um, like, she wasn't always this jacked. Um, there's something about the light in her eyes that has changed for you a little bit. Uh, and her deepest desire has been to swear her fealty to Kusban and to do anything Kusban needs in order to take over control of the city. She's basically like a Republican staffer who has, like, sold her soul to Kuspan as a political entity and has like hitched her wagon to Kuspan's is the thing that you know in this moment. I think understanding this fact, Gorn looks to Twiley and goes, you need to kick down that door. She's not going to help us. Twiley kicks down the door. (laughs) (laughs) Can you give me a roll for that? Because I think she would try to stop you. Yeah. I, I think mean, she would, like, leap in the way. Sh- oh. Um, You're a good kicker. Well, I want to yeah. see how, like, I think she would try to get in the way of you, so I want to see how well you do. Okay, cool. But the roll should be to kick down the door. Is yes. the light goal. Yeah. yeah. Okay, then I think I'm going to do a concerted physique uh, yeah. roll. Feels right. Uh, so that's a four. Okay. Threshold number. Uh oh! I've rolled a six. Oh no! <laughs> um, I think as you go to kick down the door, um, she, being a swole little rat, um, mouse person, sorry. Um, <laughs> I think it at a at a speed that is a little alarming for you. She like scoops your leg that you were going for the kick with. And while you're off balance, just, like, shoves your shoulder 
until you hit your butt on the ground. Um, and then adopts a combative pose and says, he has a meeting right <laughs> now. What would you like to do? I mean, Twiley will absolutely, uh, I was going to say, unless somebody says not to, I think Twiley's immediate response would be to, like, roll out of this and come back into a fighting stance, which feels like we're starting a conflict. I think we would be starting a conflict. Cool, cool, cool. certainly my instinct. (laughs) Okay, so it's five on one. Yes, Lemon. Question. Can yeah. I use the conflict as a distraction? I, w- I was thinking the same thing. To do what? Well, I think Twilight just like tried to kick down the door, but it's obviously a pull, not a push. So I'm just going to try like get in there. <laughs> um, so, yes and. The way combat works, the initiative order is first, characters and creatures who are standing their ground. Second, people taking non-harmful actions. So that sounds like those could be non-harmful actions. Third, those attacking or harming others. Fourth, those using a spell or technique. And last, those moving very far, more than two heights. I don't think you would have to move very far to get to the door. So as um, Juniper squares up against Twily, um, I think that Lemon, you could definitely try to make a break for the door. Um, And anyone who wants to do that. So... Um, we should hash this out quickly. Who would like to do what, just in terms of initiative order? Like, are you going to stand your ground? Are you trying to defend someone? Um, are you going to take a non-harmful action, attack or harm someone, use a spell or technique? Twiley will uh, take what I think is a non-harmful action, because it actually is... Yeah, it's called out as an example of a non-harmful action. He's going to try just to grapple Juniper, like not actually mm-hmm. harm her, but just like grab her and keep her out sure. of the way of the others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Silt, Gorn? Silt wants to use a technique, I believe. Okay. Um... Um, I think uh, Gorm is also going to go into the office, but not before um, admiring Twiley's form and considering whether uh, he should be another one of her boyfriends. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you want to take a moment to observe uh, the grappling and then maybe just move? Like, do you plan on opening the door or do you just plan on like moving in once the door is open? I plan on moving in once the door is open. <laughs> great, 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 great. So let's have that as movement. Great. And I think uh, she is going to try to attack Twiley. So I think the way for this to work, it would be best if, Nick, we try the grapple, um, and then mm-hmm. Lemon and Denise uh, work the door, and then she can fight or not fight, depending on how grappled she is. Great. Um, I feel like that's probably concerted physique again. I mean, yeah. Twiley just throws himself into fights unless there's a unless he's already been badly injured. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Twiley's gonna throw himself into that. So that's another TN of four, a two, a two. Twiley, statistics Ooh. work. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, um, what does it look like in your? Sorry, what did we call your martial art again? 
We called it Sky Strike. Sky so Strike. If if I can actually ret retcon slightly, because mm-hmm. she knocked me down, um, a a thing that I think Twiley can do is uh, he does a sort of al- almost. It almost looks like a breakdancing move, but he essentially essentially spins on his back with his wings out to sweep Ooh. her legs and then, like, flips himself up and grabs her. Uh, Excellent. With, oh, with yeah. his, like, around her, um, under her arms so that she's pinned. <laughs> and just so I have the, the, like, image correct, you've swept her legs, and then are you getting under her to grab the arms, or are you on top of her grabbing the arms? Yeah, like, I, th- are you... I, th- I think on top, yeah. You're on uh, top, so you're, yeah. like, pinning the arms. Yeah, pin it, yeah pinning her. Okay. That's a better, okay. yeah, that makes more sense. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. No, that's great, that's great. Um, so you're going to pin her arms down. That was a success. So, like, absolutely. Um, she drops. And then uh, Lemon and Denise, um, you're going to work this door. Um, what would you like to do? Is it indeed a pull instead of a push? <laughs> I think it could be, and that would be funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think first step is give it a little jiggle. Give it a little jiggle. It's not locked. Great. <laughs> so you open up. <laughs> I, I mean, I'd love to go in there like stealthily, but there's a big old fight going on outside. So I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. There was some noise to to dropping Juniper like that. Lemon, are we going? Oh, heck yeah. So they open the door. If she is grappled, I don't think that she can make an attack. I'm just going to say that for now. So Silt, seeing what has happened, do you still want to do your speller technique? That's a great question. I I suppose not knowing what's on the other side of the door, I'll say yes. So they're going to use the flow motion technique. Mm -hmm. uh, Move twice as fast for the next 10 real-time minutes or three turns in combat. That means I get a make it harder for people to restrain or stop me and I have uh, basically an advantage on acrobatics and coordination checks uh, and act first in rounds of conflict cool Um, and just for the heck of it uh, I'd like to do the enhanced version actually no I'm going to do basic (laughs) I'm not going to risk it Uh, (laughs) so yes flow motion I am now quick and is there anything that you need to do with that like a spell like is there any physical cost for you i don't believe so for the enhanced version there is okay but for cool. the basic there's not great mm-hmm. great 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 what does it look like just out of curiosity like what does it look like when i think uh silt's body just slowly starts to vibrate and maybe uh you can hear a little like clinking of of uh, i don't know what the sound would be of the stones starting to shake a little bit and more and more until their entire form is vibrating um so that they end up being kind of blurry even if they're standing still, but especially if they start moving, mm-hmm. it's like a like a whoosh. That's so cool. Awesome. <laughs> That's great. Uh, great, great, great. And then, Gorm, you're going to run in. Don't forget that first I admire. You first admire. <laughs> and now, especially because, you know, Twiley is pinning, um, I feel like you have a great view of the caboose. If you're a caboose <laughs> Gorm, uh, but maybe you're more into the arms. You know, what? what is Gorm trying to appreciate the most about Wiley? Gorm is a calf girl. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. She likes a, a good Achilles tendon. <laughs> Birds notoriously with their chunky Achilles tendons. <laughs> Excellent. Muscular bird feet I have. <laughs> it's canon. It's canon. Twiley <laughs> has muscular bird feet. That's a thing. You know, you know, like I'm just I'm I'm imagining that if it was uh if I was eating some chicken feet from Namwa in Chinatown, <laughs> I'd want these kinds of chicken feet. I want I want them to be uh succulent and let's just say Twiley has some succulent bird feet. Excellent. <laughs> and then I run into the room and uh yeah, yeah I've 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 looked at the merchandise. I'm yeah. yeah, I've looked at the merchandise. So as you rush into the room, um Kusban is there, a wily and wizened padfoot sitting behind his desk. The office is dank, as one might expect for a basement office to be, but instead of the tomes, inkwells, and paperwork that you'd expect in the office of a city administrator, you see a slew of test tubes, chemistry accoutrements, and in the center of the room near a broken beaker, you spy a disorient turtle on a large square area rug. Excuse me, Kusban says. To what do I owe the pleasure, Gormla? It's never a pleasure, Kuzban. Not when you keep turtling my boyfriends. <laughs> Which boyfriend is this? And Gorm goes and picks up the turtle. Kusban looks from you to the turtle and then to the crew of people that you have carrying turtles in the other room <laughs> and says, Hmm, I see you've been catching up to my work. This is um, so-and-so or other. Honestly, he was just getting in the way. Uh, can Gorm look deep into these turtle eyes and see which one of her boyfriends this is? <laughs> uh, sure. I mean, how many boyfriends does Gormla have? Is every um, man Gormla's Gorm- boyfriend <laughs> to Gorm? I think- I think Gormla has a kind of like Tina Belcher-esque relationship with men in that all men are just in the process of falling in love with her. <laughs> Looking at the the turtle's face uh, and kind eyes, um, you see that probably, given like, you know what Glenn looks like, you know what Glenn looks like as a turtle. He's he's very chiseled as a turtle. Yeah, you know what Jeff looks like as a turtle. Um, so he's you're a little kind lumpy of, as a turtle. You're kind of seeing like how does one's feature transform from you know being a person to being a turtle, and in this face you see something that reminds you of Gregory, um, the really kindly and probably only nice member of the city council that's not your parents um who's just like a chill old hopper um who's been trying to you know put some you know affordable housing out there for the people making sure that there's local amenities that kind of stuff this sort of guy who thinks that like your tax money should go to the community and should be 
funding, you know, arts and culture and open green spaces. This could be Gregory. Gorm looks at the turtle in her hands mm-hmm. and looks at Kuzban and goes, why would you take my favorite boyfriend? Uh, this is obviously Michael, the hottest boy in school. <laughs> Kuspan, who I think is maybe smoking like a pipe or something, like a very long stemmed pipe, looks at you and like takes another puff on the pipe and is like, you think I'm turning high school boys into turtles? As part of some grand plan? We don't know what sick objectives you're pursuing, Twily yells from outside the room. (laughs) (laughs) So, Gorm, you've stepped into the room. You're holding the turtle. Um, Lemon and Denise and Silt, um, how are all of you in the room? Gorm, you can't can't reason with this guy. He's kind of crazy. Couscous, we call him, you know? Don't worry, I'll distract him with a song, and you guys try and find the Star of Cerulean, okay? Okay. <laughs> hey! Uh, I'd like to cast Trinket, which apparently involves crafting a simple item with paper, clay, and other physical material, or even music and light. So, mm-hmm. song time. Hey, Mr. Scary Guy, we just wanted to say hi. Now that you have let us in, maybe we could get the Star of Cerulean. Let's be friends. Not really, but let's be friends. <laughs> And I, like, dance my way into the room, and I throw (laughs) a pocket of sprinkles at him! Because that's what I... That was Trinket. What does Trinket do? Uh, You create a minor magical effect lasting 15 REM or 5 ticks on any one item no bigger than two handfuls. It can float up to a height, change color, create small sparks, become slightly hotter or colder, or have a different smell. So I'm going to throw a pocket full of exploding sprinkles in his face. (laughs) <laughs> and are they just like they're like edible but they're, they're like pop rocks except for this right 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 right. it's like it's like uh a small explosive not like a you're not trying to like boom boom this guy no yeah this is yeah this is a level one this is basic as hell this is more like dazzler <laughs> yeah okay 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 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the song does have the scent of candied confectionery so. <laughs> yeah no that's great does it smell a little lemony Oh, definitely, yeah. Yeah, for sure. is there a little, a little citrus there? Lovely. A little citrusy sprinkle. Yeah. Um, one, the song was incredible. Thank you so much for that, Dex. Um, <laughs> very excited for you to release that on your SoundCloud later. Um, I think that Kuspan is uh, uh, taken aback by this um, and kind of like leans back in his chair. Um, and, like, waves his hands in front of his face. Um, Denise and Silt, whereabouts are y'all? I'd love to try and get my hands on some of the stuff that seems to be doing the thing that's in the room while while <laughs> Kuspan is distracted. Oh, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> you want to find some, like, turtle juice? Like, we've got to find that turtle juice. <laughs> yeah. Um, what... How would you determine what the turtle juice was? Like, how are you going to, like, there's a lot of chemistry sort of set happening here. So, like, what is the role for you to to try to find the turtliest of the turtle juices? Yeah, um, I think that 
like going through and like following the it very much in following the signal flow of the chemistry um, mm-hmm. and try to find where what's coming in at the end there and yeah. then maybe maybe the the skill check is like um i'm just also looking at what i'm skilled at <laughs> mm-hmm. is is coordination of like trying okay. to take that out without necessarily disrupting the other thing so maybe it is like missed in the process or like taking something out that may not be readily apparent at first glance by Kuspan while he's distracted. Mm-hmm. Great. Great, great, great. Give me that roll. And great. what's your TN there? Um, so if I do uh, coordination and careful, that gives me mm-hmm. a TN of four. Okay, yeah. Cool. Let me roll that cube. It's a four. <laughs> it's a four. So you can take failure with an opportunity or a success with a cost. Oh dang! Oh dang! Oh dang! I guess. Oh, Nick, do you have something that you were gonna say? Well, I was going to offer to if you wanted to re-roll. I was going to offer that, but I also don't know that I can offer a way for Twily to assist in the while you're pinning Juniper. Because mm-hmm. I'm, I, yeah, I was going to offer to assist, but then I was like, how would I assist with this action? No, but that is a good point about um, Ark, is either someone could sacrifice to re-roll, or someone could try to increase the the TN um, by assisting with, like, uh, if you have a major level of bond with Denise um, and an applicable skill that we both agree could totally work. So for the sacrificing minor levels, that's is is that different from assisting? Like, because it says you can also sacrifice minor levels anytime to allow a re-roll. Yeah, so and that it, would allow Anthony to re-roll, which you oh. could totally do. So well, that then. doesn't require, like, a skill or, like, a narrative way right, to right, assist? Right. But it's just Anthony might get lower or might get higher on the re-roll. True. <clears throat> well, I can definitely... I've got six minor levels of bond with Denny's. So if you'd like to re-roll, Anthony, I can burn one of those. Um, yeah, it seems important to figure out what the heck this turtle juice is. Mm-hmm. Great. So yeah, I will sacrifice that minor level of bond. Okay, let's, let's hope statistics are with us this time. Come and on. It's a three. Woo! Okay, it's a let's three. get that turtle juice. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. And I will, under my breath, obviously, say, yoink. Um, so as this you know sparkle spray is happening um, Denise you are very carefully following like where is this getting distilled where is this um, you know uh, getting purified um, and find this uh, kind of part of it seems purple in the light and part of it seems green in the light Um, this concoction um and you are you gonna like pull it off and stopper it like yeah i think it's a matter of yeah like doing a quick like turning of the knobs taking it away and if there's i mean if it spills a little bit in the fanny pack there's already a turtle in there so (laughs) that's true that's true um excellent and then silt is there anything you wanted to do here yes i was thinking silt would try to uh, maybe get behind uh, Kuspan 
So mm-hmm. using the flow motion, uh, quickly enter the office, maybe even like shapeshift a little bit down so they are more squat and can like be hidden by the desk from Kuspan, hopefully, mm-hmm. and swing around. Of course, with Glenn riding on top of the mound that is now silt. Uh, around the desk and mm-hmm. uh, try to get behind just to see if the Star of Cerulean is somewhere visible back there. Try and locate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there is definitely a box on um, Kuspan's desk that seems the right size for like a championship belt. Oh, great. Um, I think then like instead of trying to get behind, if, if they are able to see that as they go in mm-hmm. then try and like swing by and quickly grab that and then maybe come back towards the doorway... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Would you say you're still on the rug? Oh. Uh. <laughs> I don't, is, so is, is the desk on the rug? Is that the No, idea? no, no. There's like a large area rug right in front of the desk. Oh, right in front of the desk. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Silt would think twice about the rug, so I suppose they would go okay. uh, along the rug, yes. Um, as this, uh, you know, the firecracker... Uh, lemon sprinkles are sort of dying down. Kuspan, like, after trying to brush this out of his way, looks at all of you, and he grabs a statue on the left side of his desk, and then he pulls it toward himself. Mm -mm. And in a brief moment, you're all certain a trap has been sprung. But then, you see, you don't fall through anything. And instead, Kuspan seems to fall through his chair behind the desk and you hear this call out um, as as if he's falling down a tunnel. <laughs> God damn it, the wrong level! <laughs> oh no. And he disappears from view as a, a tunnel opens up beneath him. Um And that is where I would love for us to pause for this episode. (laughs) You have the Star of Cerulean. That's great. And that was one of the things that Kuspan and his associates were trying to ensure that Glenn would not be able to receive so that they could get someone to receive it through the martial arts tournament. Um, So I'm going to count that as one of your omens being all set for the time being. That means we have two omens that are currently up. Um, the doomsday clock is going to tick forward at least one, but... Better not. We got a five and a one, so it's going to tick forward two instead of one. Someone's got to get less powerful batteries in this clock. <laughs> True. Um, so that will leave us with six moments left. Yes? Yes, six moments left um, on the doomsday clock. Um, and that is where we'll leave it for today, folks. Join us next week on Dungeons and Drama Nerds. Dungeons and Drama Nerds is produced by Todd Brian Backus, Percival Hornack, and Nicholas Orvis, and this episode was mixed and edited by Todd Brian Backus. Season 3 features contributions from Christopher Dierkson, Ben Ferber, Corey Flores, Tess Huth, Romana Isabella, Leo Mock, John John Johnson, Dex Fan, and Anthony Sertelti. Our ARC campaign features Giovanni Camaño as Silt, Anthony Sertel-Dean as Denise, Romana Isabella as Gorm, Nick Orvis as Twiley, Dexfan as Lemon Sprinkle, and Top Ryan Backus as The Guide. 
If you'd like to help us continue exploring the intersection of theater and tabletop role-playing games, consider leaving us a review on your podcast app of choice or supporting us and getting access to our patron-only bonus content at patreon.com slash dungeonsanddramanerds. You can find all our social media and website links, including our cast bios, at the link tree in our show notes. And be sure to tune in next week for another episode of Dungeons and Drama Nerds.